Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast, as always, is Cynthia Lee. Hello. Hi, Cynthia. What's up? The same as always, usually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a really long summer, Mm -hmm. just, I think... Well, it has felt fast, but, like, in terms of movies, it's been slow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've, like, also been home alone all week of the, of the week we're recording this, so I've just been, like, been chilling. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's what summer's all about, just chill. Yeah, it's nice and to have... get money for yeah. some work. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's... We're, I'm just prepping for upcoming film club for next quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have to we have to plan out like what we're gonna because that's gonna be soon. We have to do dog yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to dog days, everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go to we'll, dog we'll, days. We'll have something fun planned. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. No, we will. We will. It'll be fun. Yeah, we are going to talk about. A uh, pretty pretty popular action film. It's a really popular action yeah. film that I don't understand why, but I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you don't understand why Point Break is such a popular film? Oh, Cynthia? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really, I really wanted to segue into a joke about Point Break, but... I was like caught on guard, even though we talked (laughs) about it literally two minutes before we started (laughs) recording this podcast. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Um, Sadly, Point Break is Point Break in actuality is not a popular film. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I know. I think people people know of it, but like. Because you said you're a huge Catherine Bigelow fan, but you hadn't seen it before. Yeah. I I had known that there was a ton of comparisons between Point Break and Fast and the Furious, but I hadn't seen Point Break until just a few days ago. Uh-huh. And yeah, it is literally the Fast and the Furious, but just better in every single way. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get when you have Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. Oscar winner director. Exactly. Compared to Rob Cohen, who I looked at his Wikipedia and, like, the only other thing that I found that I knew about was XXX, which is another Vin Diesel thing. (laughs) So I don't, he, I mean, Academy Award winner versus guy who directed XXX. Yeah, it's quite a, a, you know, (laughs) dichotomy, I guess. And but yeah no it's re- it's really sad when you think about it because Point Break is is just so good I mean like it's it's kind of stupid <laughs> but like at the same time it's it's like incredible like it's I think it's that's so when Bigelow's first half of her career is just you get these weird genre pieces that are just so wild but they're right. so good and so well crafted well yeah because they're made by her <laughs> mm-hmm. no exactly and I I don't believe she wrote. Yeah, she didn't write the screenplay's story for Point Break, but the story's not really what matters in that movie. But it's like it's it's so incredibly like well directed, and all the action scenes are super intense and, and exciting. Mm-hmm. And 
it's Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of homoerotic, which is fantastic. <laughs> which and, you don't get in this film. Well, on, in terms of the men. In, in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Yeah, the is, movie that we're talking about. Which have is, we even mentioned that yet? <laughs> I, I don't know. People have seen the title. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Mainly because we couldn't think of anything, and Hobbs and Shaw just recently come out. So we're like, why don't we just talk about what inspired Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. I feel like that's how we pick our films. Mm -hmm. What film came out recently, we don't really want to see Hobbs and Shaw, and we've both seen Fast and the Furious, so we're just like, okay, we can talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spend money on Hobbs and Shaw, so... (laughs) I might... Like, I want to see it because... It's like a popcorn film where you just, like, sit down and it's, like, super ridiculous. But I've heard it's, like, way too ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I I didn't tell you this, but at my uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood screening, mm-hmm. there was, like, some projection issues during the last 30 minutes. Did you watch, like, the end of Hobbs and Shaw? No, no, no. No, like, it... The only really big... It wasn't really a big deal, but the only problem is, like, sporadically throughout the last 30 minutes of Once Upon a Time, it would just, like, pause. And so they gave us, like, a like one of those AMC um, re-entry tickets. Oh. And so I might either use that to go see Hobbs and Shaw so I don't have to pay for it, <laughs> or to see The Lion King, because I'm curious. Oh, yeah. I don't want to give them money. Yeah. But they're anyway. both two hours long. Yeah. Which is insane. Both films do not need to be two hours long. Mm-hmm. That's what the main complaint is with Hobbs and Shaw, which is like it's two hours long. And what makes, I think, Fast and Fear, the Furious, the movie that we're going to talk about, more digest, people think it's more digestible is because it's under two hours, which mm-hmm. these this type of film should be under two hours. I don't think that... These type of these these type of films where there's nothing that they're really trying to say. It's more about action set pieces. I think these films should not. There's no reason why they should be over two hours long. And I think the main complaint with Hobbs and Shaw is like it's too much and it's two hours long. Yeah, that that's about what I've heard too, and that it it takes itself super seriously. Which. Um, yeah, we'll talk about... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which is something that, like, this movie kind of does, too, a little bit. Oh, no. I think this film is, like, the most serious one out of all the Fast and Furious films. I think... Okay, have you seen the entire series? Uh, I'm in the process of it because okay. I don't the, know why, the but... The first, like, four are, are so all, are all, serious. Are all like that. Maybe yeah, with, that's what with, I've heard. With, like, maybe the exception of Tokyo Drift, because Tokyo Drift, I remember being kind of fun, but, like... Tokyo Drift is super wild. It's fun, but I was just, like... It's so not many very weird good. plot it's not things very going good, on. Like, but... just to diverge a little bit, because I recently watched Tokyo Drift. How And then I, like, watched... I watched Kill Bill, like, a week before, and they both talk about Yakuza, the intense Japanese gang. In Tokyo Drift, how the fuck is the Yakuza gang (laughs) 
going to want to deal with like a 17 year old boy who's just driving. <laughs> it makes no sense in my opinion. That's but why... these films don't make sense in general. <laughs> See, the thing is, is like, okay, so which ones have you seen so far? You've seen... First four. The first four. Okay. Because they start getting good at Fast Five. Because I, they start, I can, they start I see to how, know what they are. Yeah, I see five. it getting better in four. You can see it getting a little bit better in four already. I, I maybe need to rewatch four because I remember really not liking four. It but. was like fine. I think they start to understand that it is not like they should not be taking itself too seriously. Plus, every actor is so much better at acting by that time. Is okay. If I might be wrong, because it's been a while since I've seen them, but is for the one where Vin Diesel goes on the road and then he sees the tire mark and then completely visualizes that entire yeah. crash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> I think, I mean, these films ride or die on Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And I think mm-hmm. Paul Walker significantly improves in four compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. The first, I guess if we want to talk about it now, like the first one, Paul Walker's very broy and surfy. Like he's like a surf boy. Like he, he has like the yeah. attitude that just clashes so much with the tone of the first film that mm-hmm. it, I can't take it seriously. Right. He, he seems sort of out of place. Like it's like, which is like the point, but also then it's like you're trying I wish he I don't had. think he's I don't think his character is supposed to be trying so hard but you can see his character trying so hard Right and I don't know like it it feels like the there's he's like they want him to be charismatic but it feels really forced <laughs> I and, mean Paul Walker what was he in before Fast and Furious I only know him in um Pleasant Town, I think that's what it's called. Pleasantville, which has like Reese Witherspoon and Tobey Maguire, but oh, I right. okay. don't really know what else he's been in. Let's see. Before that. Before that? Oh, he was in She's All That and Varsity Blues, but I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, neither have I. And then. She's All That, I've heard that has aged poorly. <laughs> yeah. I think when people, you know, when people think about Paul Walker, they think about the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. And then, which is why, you know, it was so tragic when... He passed away. He passed away right before yeah. the release of Furious 7. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, um. that, that, got, that got really serious, but, um, no, I mean, rest rest in peace, Paul Walker, but... But we're here to talk about. But we're here Fast to tear apart his the movie. Film. I mean, he is part of the film, but like, do you want to qu- give a quick synopsis of the film? Because there is a plot mm-hmm. of this one specifically, and in my opinion, it's one of the least ridiculous ones. It, I think it's the one that takes itself probably the most serious. It's essentially this guy who is an LAPD police officer. Yeah, played um, by Paul Walker. Yeah, uh, named Brian O'Connor, who goes undercover and 
starts this investigation into, like, this racing gang. Yeah, um, because, like, there have been incidences where this group of fast drivers <laughs> are, steal like, stealing of... trucks. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially it's it's a super simple plot where he is just hired to go undercover and take them down. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I guess sort he of the... Inter- becomes within their inner family. Family. <laughs> yeah, the family. Was, uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel really likes to, to emphasize the, the whole family aspect. Family and yeah. Coronas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So oh essentially, like, the... It's, it's so ridiculous to, like, inner conflict, but I guess, like, mm-hmm. the inner conflict between Ryan's characters, like, to take them down or or to just, like, let it be and, and, and become part of their family. And, I mean, yeah. this, this all is happening from the very beginning where he is at, like, the Toretto restaurant. Um, yeah, yeah. Which um, he goes to, like, every single day because he sort of has a crush on... Uh, Vin Diesel's character's sister. But also, it's like an investigation. Well, right, right. Trying to also... Yeah, no, of course, but... So that's, like, kind of the the, the personal edge for him, though. But that's pretty much it, and then sprinkled in Brian gaining the trust of Dom, played by Vin Diesel, by going on races. Yeah. (laughs) Different races... And it's so dumb because the reason why Brian O'Connor is slept on in this film is because he's this, like, white boy, which is, like, kind of problematic if you think about it. Where it's like, (laughs) yeah, this white boy has no privilege in this underground racing scene that people feel bad, and that's why he's the underdog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I feel me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you think about it that way. <laughs> I just thought about that. I was like, wow, they this film is just so unaware, yeah. self-aware. And I think that's where the first four films kind of just run into a problem of being so unaware of what they are. Mm-hmm. And the whole family thing, like, the, the franchise takes that super seriously it never really works until the movie's tone takes themselves less seriously like i think yeah. the whole family thing really works in something like like uh like period seven yeah i haven't seen the the fate of the furious i um, randomly or... own it i don't know why how i have it it's just in my voodoo account <laughs> Which makes no sense, but I own the film, so yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to rewatch it. I don't think I'm gonna rewatch the whole series, but I've been rewatching them just because it's like I can do stuff when I watch these films, which I right. feel bad for, about doing because I don't well, like. Well, it's like you're not really missing anything. These, yeah, because they're, they're, they they're not plot heavy. Mm-hmm. No, and and that's the thing with with the first four taking them so themselves so seriously because like we just explained the plot in like two minutes yeah (laughs) like there really isn't a lot that goes on in these movies but they take the plot so seriously and it's got like weird um i mean i guess there's a problem with the later films too but there's weird timelines 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think the third one takes place right bef- right after the sixth movie. Yeah, apparently. And, and they... Ha- and like I don't, one of the characters that dies in the third one is in the fourth and fifth one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like it's it's unnecessarily convoluted. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, the plots are all very similar. They have to go after some gang. It's just like the plots are just vehicles. Uh, vehicles <laughs> for uh, sorry that was really bad <laughs> vehicles for them to do really cool stunts and I think the stunts in these films like uh, Fast and the Furious probably has like the worst stunts I think you mean other the first than, one among yeah, both series the, yeah, yeah for sure other than maybe the second one because the second one is kind of atrocious in my opinion but they I think I haven't seen the films um, from five and onwards so I don't know but I've heard that what happens is they just lean more into this is an action film and this is a stunt film not a drama (laughs) drama action film which I think is what's going on especially in this first one where Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's characters have some weird familial conflict that feels so forced mm-hmm. because I think even it shows on the characters like the characters seem like they're having more fun when they're doing the cool stunts and racing the cars which <laughs> is uh, what you would kind of expect from the franchise not these really cringy cheesy moments that just don't work like there's so many lines within this film that just don't work I mm-hmm. have not i this is one of the few few films where I hear a line and I, I openly laugh because they just don't work and they're mm-hmm. so cringy. I oh remember specifically the there was one where he, he was like trying to bet with Vin Diesel and they were trying to one-up each other and then Brian, Paul Walker's character, is like, I want the money and the respect. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I think one of the um, the... The quotes that like really got me is like, oh my god, just stop. Was um, was when Jesse starts to say the prayer and he's like, thank you for the, for the four core, <laughs> like oh, all, yeah. the car, all the car parts. <laughs> all the just car like, parts. Yeah. And then everyone's just like, very nice, amen. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally. I think. If you're, I'm not if a you're, car junkie, so I wouldn't know. I feel like those lines are supposed to be for those car enthusiasts. I feel like this movie kind is of for those car it. enthusiasts. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Because I don't care. I don't really care about cars as much as the characters within this film. So I really mm-hmm. would love the perspective of someone who just loves racing cars and see how they react to this film because I enjoy watching them race the cars and you know they say those lines of like oh we have those four core nitrogen hydrogen whatever engines blah 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 blah. like I don't really understand what's going on but I do you think that's like some like those car enthusiasts like they love that shit I have a friend who's like a huge car enthusiast and they Mm -hmm. and they love these movies to death because they talk about cars or just I, how they interact I, with cars? 
I guess Because I think both. that puts us at a disadvantage because we just don't... I'm, I just don't get cars, and I think you're on the same page. Well, well it, that's, that's the weird thing, though, because I don't want to say that like we're biased because we don't like cars because the people who like cars that will love this movie are also biased because they love cars. Yeah. So who is this movie for other than, like, car enthusiasts? Car lovers. Then? Yeah. Right. Those or, specific lines, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I just kind of wish that it leaned more into the stunts. Yeah, the stunts within the cars, yeah. And I get that this movie, you know, probably didn't have, I mean, obviously didn't have as high of a budget as something like the later films. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just cars driving in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, because I think what makes the other films better is the cars stop driving in a straight line. <laughs> They start moving and people start getting out of cars and start sitting on top of the cars and jumping out of cars and crashing cars. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the the closest we get to, like, a bunch of real stunt work is... Is is the last 30 minutes, which I think is good. Which I I think think is the best part. No, just like, I think the last 30 minutes is, like, substantially substantially better than the other two-thirds. Agreed, agreed. I think we cracked it. I think we cracked it. The the first couple are bad because the cars just move in straight lines. And I think that's why some people like maybe like Tokyo Drift because in Tokyo Drift, the cars don't drive in straight lines either. This isn't really... uh, This doesn't have to do with Fast and Furious. But, um, so, okay, you've seen all the Star Wars movies, right? Yeah. You've seen Phantom Menace? Of course. Okay, you know the pod racing scene? (laughs) Of course. Okay, so... Like, <laughs> a lot of people like that movie because they like that scene, but... I think it's super boring. Something to pay attention to that scene. Well, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Something to pay attention during that scene is literally every single shot when they're going around a corner is them going for, is the camera panning from left to right. Like every <laughs> yeah. single shot. Yeah. It, once you yeah. notice it, you're like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And they don't even really try to make it that that like visually interesting. I mean, I guess this, I guess Fast and Furious tries to do like try super to, like, shaky cam, and they do the animation when they press the button. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it's like, and then it, they go within the, the engine, and then the within the gears, and then something. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they like press the button, and it shows the animation of them like going through all the pipes or whatnot, and then it's like, woo, going super fast. Yeah, what I thought about, because the the NOS thing where they press the button, I think, is just so, mm-hmm. like, out of a video game. Yeah. I think if this, this, these, if this specific film just leaned into that video game aspect of, like, we can do whatever we want, there, there is no realism to this film whatsoever, I think it would work way right. better. Because I think maybe the problem with this first one, in my opinion, I mean, we say it takes itself too serious, but it, like, tries to make it feel like an actual street racing. Right. Like, it get that feel of actual street racing. Not like I know what that feeling is, mm-hmm. but 
it just tries to maybe ground itself way too much in reality when in fact that's probably not what a majority of the people go want out of a Fast and Furious film or a mm-hmm. film about cars well, like driving I, cars really fast I don't think we really knew what we wanted or audiences didn't really know what they wanted out of this series until we got Fast Five mm-hmm. I, think, I think Fast Five was, was again like when the franchise really knew what it wanted to be because Fast mm-hmm. Five is like it, it, it's silly, but it knows it's silly. Like it knows it's not taking itself yeah. super, super seriously. And the stunts are great, and there's Dwayne Johnson in it. Oh my god! Which, Have you heard about the drama of Dwayne Johnson in the Fast and Furious? Yeah, franchise? yeah. It's so funny. A little I, bit of it, it. So apparently, Vin Diesel and The Rock have beef. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one really knows why, other than the fact that. Everyone blames it on, like, Vin Diesel's ego, which I don't know, but... I don't... I see, I see it. I see it. But, I've seen some of the interviews that Vin Diesel's been in. <laughs> and not saying he's, like, super egotistical. He's just... He's just odd. It, I, have you heard of the stories where... So, it, Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, and then Jason Statham comes... They both... Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham come later mm-hmm. in the Fast franchise. There's, like, articles where it talks about how they ha- they try to make... Because they're all... Three of them are, like, big action stars, so they really want all these action sequences, and they want to be, like, the main focus. Mm-hmm. So Vin Diesel apparently made... This is rumored. I don't know if it's true, but apparently the rumor is he tried to create, like, a mathematical equation... Or formula where they each get, so they can each get an equal amount of action sequences within the film. Wait, what? Yeah, because the problem with all three of them is they all want to be, like, the main attraction. Right. And so they were trying to split the amount of action sequences that they did evenly. And the rumor is that Vin Diesel tried to create a mathematical formula where, like, a punch might be this amount of points or, like, a scissor kick would be this many points. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It was this point system that no one got, so they threw it away. (laughs) And he was super pissed about that? Well, like, I think they just never figured it out, and now everyone's egos are probably... Everyone has such a high ego on this film, or the actors at least, or at least those three actors because they're action stars and they probably want to be the main attraction within their film. I think that just that fundamental thing, idea of thinking Mm -hmm. probably pissed everyone off. Mm -hmm. And now it's like to the point where Vin Diesel and The Rock just don't work with each other anymore. Right. And... Maybe that's the reason why even Hobbs and Shaw exists. Because probably. the Fast Furious and Furious franchise probably likes having The Rock within mm-hmm. their franchise, but if you can't if The Rock and Vin Diesel cannot work together mm-hmm. <laughs> because of personal vendettas and beef. So I guess cuz they're making a, a a main series movie again, The Fast yeah. 9. Yeah. So, so I, that probably will not have The Rock in it. Yeah. Or they'll do some like voodoo magic where the Rock or Vin Diesel or CGI'd in. Or just, like, they're not in scenes together. Yeah. It's just, it's so wild because I find it funny because in the 
in the, this first film that we've totally been talking about, um, they really emphasize the whole family thing, mm-hmm. but then in off screen, that's clearly not the case. Right. Like it's uh, three stars just don't like each other. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so ironic and it's so funny. Because they like just really have to force yeah. it. <laughs> in Hobbs and Shaw, apparently, this is another rumor that I saw. The Rock and Jason Statham are like contractually not allowed to lose a fight within their films. No way. Like they cannot lose. Yeah. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> so you know, another like ego thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, because we're like big and, and tough and yeah. Yeah, but the whole point of the. But I, I mean, feel like that Fast would be so Furious, boring to watch. Was, yeah, the Fast and Furious films rely on the fact that Vin Dom and um, Brian O'Connor were these characters that were very high strung and intense and sometimes and they always had tunnel vision and there were, and then for them to expand upon that tunnel vision was because they needed to lose mm-hmm. in the middle of the film. Right. They needed like, to be beat or had someone heel turn on them. Literally, that's like screenwriting 101. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to be able... Like, if, if they just win every single fight, then there's no stakes and then there's no tension, and then what's the point? Mm-hmm. I, I, is that, like, a big complaint that you've heard about, about Hobbs and Shaw? Is that uh, there's just no I, tension? Possibly. I don't... I've, like, tried to avoid as much about it as possible but that it that could be a factor into why everyone thinks it's just over it's overkill uh-huh maybe it's maybe it just is like that thing where this maybe what happens in the structure of Hobbs and Shaw what I'm guessing if those rumors are true that the rock and Jason Statham cannot lose a fight fundamental like cannot fundamentally lose an action fight which is so mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous Maybe it's like you never feel those peaks and valleys that kind of make a story move and make you right. make you want to keep watching. And the, it just feels like, oh, two hours sugar high. And that's right. just not fun to watch. Like yesterday, for example, yesterday, I don't know why I watched this film, but I watched Lego Movie 2. And that film felt like I was on a sugar rush for 90 minutes and mm-hmm. that was just very uncomfortable for me. And maybe that's the problem with Hobbs and Shaw. It just feels so over the top for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, or two hours. And then you just feel uncomfortable. Right. At, at least for this first frame, I could say that, like, the script is, it, it's decent. I mean, I guess it's like a copy of Point Break or whatever. But the like, plot it's, it's structuring decent. is fine. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's got its peaks and valleys. It's got stakes. It's got it's got some tension. Like it's not it's not a a, a bad film by any means. Oh no, really. I think it's bad. <laughs> you think it's you think it's just straight think, up bad? I think it's I okay. Think Fast and Furious falls in for me in the category of these are so bad and wild and weird that they're good and, and entertaining in that way. I, I, I will say this first one is is at least okay. Like, it's it's fine. It makes me mad that that Point Break didn't get a freaking cinematic universe, but, you know. Catherine Bigelow would never let that happen. Let's be <laughs> honest. I, but I would still much 
much rather see a Point Break cinematic universe than a Fast and Furious universe, but... I don't know. A lot of people like these films. They're big, big hits. Yeah. No, that's true. That's very true. Okay. I want to ask another question. We've been talking about the whole series and not the film in general, but whatever, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's fine. I don't get Vin Diesel's appeal. Yeah, neither do I, really. Okay, because this film is... I mean, it also kind of goes into the things that we've heard I've heard from, like, articles and stuff that Vin Diesel has this huge ego, but I seriously do not get his appeal. I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's just, I don't know. Fine. I Pe- think he's people, fine. People just, like, I think he's cool, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, in this first film specifically, but then later on, he's just stale bread. He's, like, white bread. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I like cars, and um, I'm the alpha male. Right. And that's about it. Oh, and yeah. family, and family, family and Coronas. Well, I never I feel rude. like it's, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he voices Groot. Yeah. But yeah. for me, Vin Diesel feels like a Bruce L- Willis light. Like, he's trying to be this Bruce Willis figure of, like, a brooding leading man that has yeah, I totally see that, that has emotional depth. But like, but he's, he, he really, doesn't achieve he no emotional depth. Yes, no or, yeah. And Bruce Willis is able to. If you've seen him in Bruce Willis in any other well, films, I mean, he's like, able to achieve emotional depth and charisma. Where like Vin Diesel is just like white bread. Bruce Willis used to be like that, like in yeah, Die Hard. not anymore. Not, yeah. not anymore. He just phones in all his performances for like yeah. his straight to DVD movies that he does now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, for used, sure. to, he used to be a great actor, mm-hmm. like in Die Hard and in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and Unbreakable, whatever you the see. Sixth Sense. Yeah. Sixth Sense. Yeah. But I just don't get Vin Diesel's appeal, and he's been in almost every one of these films. And he's, like, the leading man. Yeah. And you can kind of say that he, quote-unquote, carries the film, but not really. The stunts do, actually. But he's always the center of everything, and Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. I need someone to explain to me what his appeal is. Can you, like, write... You can, like, write comments on on SoundCloud, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or... Yeah, right. Someone Com- listening. Comment. Someone listening. Tell us the appeal of. Someone tell of me Vin the Diesel. appeal of Vin Diesel. I seriously do not get it. I was watching this and I was like, I mean, this is very subjective, but I don't find him attractive. I don't think his acting is good. I think he has no charisma. He acts in one voice and one voice only, mm-hmm. and the only time he ups the acting is when he gets really mad. Yeah. But yeah, then it's about right. <laughs> I think Paul Walker makes him better, but I just I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Someone please tell me. I am so confused. He's just a cool guy. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing, I don't think he's cool. No, I don't I, think, no, I, I don't think he's that cool either. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's that's my that's the closest guess he's that just, I have. The closest like the thing I feel about Vin Diesel's 
in general is just he, if he if I saw him on the street, I would be very intimidated by him. But that's about it. Yeah, he's. I, I think I think his his best role is still Groot because they know how <laughs> to utilize him by just saying one line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe he's like. There's another actor I kind of feel the same way. I think Ansel Elgort is a really good actor if he does not talk. <laughs> Maybe Vin Diesel would be good if he doesn't talk. Because he's kind of fun when he's driving. I think driving. Ansel Elgort's a much better actor than Vin well, Diesel. Well, yeah, though. no, for sure, for sure. But maybe he falls into that same category for me. It was like, he moves better than he talks. Right. He's, he's got, like, he, he obviously has physicality to him, but he doesn't yeah. have charisma. Or, like, acting ability. Like, he has the physical attributes of an action star, but right. does not have the emotional or... I don't know. I don't know. Someone tell me. Someone comment on our Instagram, tweet at us, email us, comment on SoundCloud, anything. Someone please help me understand the appeal of Vin Diesel. <laughs> Because I think he's, like, the fundamental person within these films, the links within this film. And so he's very important. And But, like, you always expect the main character to have some sort of appeal. That I, but I just don't get it. Right. Speaking of Ansel Elgort, um, instead of this, go watch Baby Driver. Because Baby Driver's so good. I forgot that movie existed for a second. But thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. Baby Driver is good, but I feel like if you... the, I watch these films because it's just like I get to turn off my brain for right. an hour and 30 minutes. I guess that's the appeal about these films for me. It's like I get to sit down, turn off my brain for an hour and 47 minutes, can occasionally check my phone, phone without feeling bad, and just get a ridiculous time out of it. Right. I, the first I, time I wouldn't say I hate these films. I do just enjoy watching them, but mm -hmm. they're so surface level. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. Yeah, I watched this. I watched these movies at like sort of a weird time, like when I, when I first went through the series, because it was like summer going into my junior year of high school, and I was like just first starting to get into film. Um, mm -hmm. But. I was, like, recovering from this big surgery. And mm -hmm. I was like, hey, let me just, like, let me just, like, watch these movies. And it was great because it was, like, there's not much that goes on in them. Like, mm -hmm. it, you could just, you could literally just shut your brain off and it's fine. Mm -hmm. I guess the last thing I want to talk about the Fast, Fast and the Furious, this specific film is, it's very dated. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, the most early 2000s thing I've ever seen. It's so... Yeah. Dis it's kind of disturbing. What, distur what do you mean disturbing? There's like a lot of casual sexism and racism within these films that I kind of just... Oh, yeah. yeah that's and true. they play that's it very, up as... True. This is cool to say this. This is very sexy to say that do these things. Right. And it's a little off-putting. And I think they tone it down a little bit. They start toning it down a little bit later yeah but I it's forgot still that, very i forgot that i mean you talk about um, point break as being homoerotic there is a lot of it's not queer baiting but like there's a lot of 
girl-on-girl action is really cool. Here's a bunch in your face. Mm -hmm. Casually wanting to have sex with someone or, like, casually touching areas that are very private and people should not be touching without Mm -hmm. consent is very cool and sexy. And that's, like, all plastered within this film. It's very and much for like... for me, it's, it's very early 2000s, and I get it, but it's very, very off-putting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things in... It's one of those things that are ex- exemplary in media, this idea, like, in terms of, like, queer representation. Not saying this is, like, a LGBT... No, it's not! But, what the but, hell, but, no! But, but, but um, <laughs> this whole idea, like, oh, if it's, like... A girl and a girl, and it's like sexy. But if it's a guy like, and another guy, guy, guy yeah. that's not okay. Yeah, there's that. In this yeah, film. yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, uh, um, that's just kind of what I'm gonna say. It just reminds me so much of like the problems within early two thousands. Yeah. With that, but all like as oh, a society, they, they but also, also throw out. Um, so a character throws out the uh, the the f word, the other f word. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, but also, like, the fashion is really bad. <laughs> I know that's much different than what we just talked about. But, like, it just reminds me of a weird time. The early yeah. 2000s, even though we were young, like, just looking back, you're just like, what the hell is going on? I was just, well... I don't have that reaction at, like, that reaction that heightened disdain for some other decades just for some reason the early 2000s puts me off right well i it's so it's so odd how those films seem to be dated more than because this is so much more dated than like point break i think point yeah. break is honestly like timeless i'll and have to go see it because like one of the first things i noticed like literally within a minute of the fast and furious it's this like crazy weird transition into the title and then they're driving a truck and you see what's in the truck and it's a box or it's like all these boxes of these little Panasonic TVs that have the like VHS insert in them. Uh Uh-huh. And you're like, I I know when this film was made. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing in Point Break like other than like the actors that Mm -hmm. really indicate like when this, when that movie was made. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you can just watch that as a movie, and there's no, like... That always sort of bothers me. Like, whenever mm-hmm. there's, like, like a, like an iPhone or something in a movie, it's like, okay, this is just going to be dated, like, in 10 years. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the issue. I think, for me, at least, it's like... I want to feel... I don't care if there's, like, certain aspects, like, physical aspects that indicate that this is the early 2000s or whatever, like, um, baggy jeans or a phone or a VHS. I think, for me, it's the tone in which they're evoking. Uh And I think that the tone within the specific Fast and Furious is, like, very early 2000s with the, the... the music that they use to set the tone, the attitudes that certain characters have that set the tone where I don't know about Point Break, but I'm assuming even if they had like, I don't know, that movie was made in the 90s. So yeah, I don't know what would be, I'm blanking on what would be culturally specific of that. But like, 
I guess certain clothes in the 90s wouldn't necessarily throw me off if it felt like like the tone was not specific to that time if you are if I'm making sense yeah there's uh the soundtrack in this is so odd it's oh, yeah. so odd there's like it's like <laughs> this early 2000s techno combined with like hip-hop <laughs> with like like glam era hip-hop and like metal <laughs> yeah yeah when they drive <laughs> it is it is such an yeah because metal car yeah 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 it but it's just such an odd mix and it this it, whole film it's really is just feels like a whole mismatch of this is what we think is cool yeah and it just doesn't really work but whatever i wouldn't not recommend this film it's yeah i mean again i i i don't think it's i mean it's kind of bad but it's not it's not well, I don't know. I'd give it There's like a, not much to talk about about this film now that I've realized that we've talked for 50 minutes and it feels like we didn't really talk about much about this film. Right. Well, but, like, that's, I think, the whole point of this film. There's not much you're going to take away, like, mentally or philosophically or whatever. And that goes through this a, whole series and probably yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, too. Yeah, but it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah, um, I, I suppose. I suppose. Just shut your brain off and... Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Fast and the Furious. I guess there's worse ways to spend an hour and 45 minutes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's way worse ways yeah. to spend an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. But they're making more, so... Because mm-hmm. these we'll keep making money. I was just going to look, actually, like how much Hobbs and Straw has made thus far. I think 50 million. Really? Only that much? Well, it's the first weekend. It's pretty much going to own this month. There are no good films coming out this month. From. Oh, yeah. No, it don't. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, it, it did only come out this weekend. I forgot about that. Um, or last weekend, once you guys. Or last this. week, yeah. 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 Uh, as of August 8th, it has made 100. 98 million worldwide on a 200 million dollar budget. Yeah, uh, so it's getting close to profit. Yeah. I mean, you gotta account for China, which it hasn't played in China yet, so. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like it's gonna be huge there. Oh, it's always huge. It's the yeah. fucking rock. But Yo, The Lion King is the 19th highest grossing movie ever. One, one not point, surprised. 1.2 billion. Not surprised at all. Just behind the fate of the furious in terms of worldwide. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Lion King. I know a lot of critics don't like it, but a lot of audience people like it. I don't know. My I sister liked it a lot, so I don't know. I don't think I'll watch it for, if, it, if I have to pay. Yeah. That's, I think that's yeah. going to be my consensus on that. But uh, final thoughts on The Fast and the Furious. I feel like I always have to say The Fast and the Furious because there is a Fast and Furious. Uh, the, the titles are so odd. It's, yeah. Okay, okay it's, it's The Fast and the Furious and then Too, too fast, fast, Too, too furious, furious. And then The Fast, fast and the and Furious, furious Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Yeah. And then Fast and fast Furious. Fast and Furious. Fast Five. Fast and Furious Six. I think so. Furious and then Seven. Furious Seven. 
the, the fate of the and fears, the fears which, which I get hilarious. that one. Yeah, I get the two and eight one, but the yeah. rest are like, couldn't you play with the numbers? Come on. <laughs> and then and then Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff, and then That's I don't know. The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then uh, um, I don't know what the ninth one's going to be. I, I, don't, I don't know if they've named it yet. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. Apparently they want to go to space, so. <laughs> Honestly, I'm down. But that'd I'm be kind of fun. That. Yeah. I'm down for that. I think that's the next logical step. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I think uh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's her thoughts on The Fast and the Furious. What a movie. Go see Point Break. <laughs> I will be trying to see Point Break. Yeah. Do it. It's on. It's on. It's on Hulu. It's, it is on Hulu. Um, that's how I watched it. But yeah, follow us on Facebook at UW Film Club and on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. You can check out our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Thank that's you guys. All. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all. Thank you guys so much for listening. And. Uh, what do we have next week? Super bad. That's right. That's right. We have things planned. It's great. I know. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.